Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today's show is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2018, the mega conference for you, the marketer and or the creator. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Sean Cannell, and we'll explore how to rank your videos on YouTube. And by the way, if you're not really focused on YouTube and you're not sure what the advantages are, and if you are on YouTube and you're not ranking, you're definitely going to want to pay attention either case to this podcast. By the way, want to email me? Podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com comes right to my personal inbox. Also, do not forget about my other show, the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. It's a weekly show where I break down the news that happened in the last week in social media. Let's now transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I've got a really cool tool that's going to help you do spell checking and grammar checking on your mobile device, especially, well, specifically iOS. We've talked about Grammarly here on the show before, but now they've come out with a native keyboard for iOS. Okay, so what does that mean exactly? So if you're familiar with the native keyboard format for the iOS devices, what this means is you can literally install a, like how you've got an emoji keyboard, you can press and hold and switch over to a different style keyboard. And what this allows you to do is have that system, that app, then scan and look at the text of your social posts when you're on mobile or on your email app, whatever app you're in, it brings that keyboard up and it does uh, not only spell checking, uh, but also grammar checking and punctuation and all those different grammar type checks. So what I hear you saying is, do you have to use that keyboard to type in all that stuff or you just switch to that keyboard and all of a sudden that functionality becomes available? You can just switch over to that keyboard after you've finished typing. Huh. So what is this, uh, what is this uh, keyboard officially referred to as? How do we find that? It's called Grammarly Keyboard. Okay. And this is going to be huge for people who are updating social posts on the go where you're much more prone to kind of type it and then not double check that you've used the correct word version or, uh, you know, put in typos, things like that. Hmm. And it works in app on all the various apps that you're using? Yes. Wow. Yeah. The keyboard right there just scans your text that you're ready to post and it'll say, hey, did you mean to not, you know, it'll it'll come up and it's, it's almost like, you know, Microsoft Word where yeah. you check your term papers. That is but so right cool. There, yeah. So Grammarly is spelled G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y. And if Correct. we just search for the Grammarly keyboard inside the App Store, we'll find this thing? That's it. So what's been your experience? This is one of those things where I frequently <laughs> make typos or you know punctuation type things that, uh, frankly, change the meaning of sentences. 
on the go. And so why not to have a double check, uh, not just from your own eyes, but from some AI eyes to check your grammar before you send stuff. Awesome, Eric. Well, thank you so much for sharing uh, Grammarly keyboard with us. You're welcome. By the way, social media marketing world is literally just around the corner. Did you know that you can get tickets for as little as $297? Now, the ticketing price goes up quite a bit from that price point, and it really just depends what you want out of the conference. If you want to mostly just sample the keynotes, which are all outstanding, including me, of course, and do some amazing networking, that's where that price point starts. And it goes up from there. Uh, there's ticket prices in the $600 range, there's ticket prices in the $1,000 range, and then there's ticket prices that are much higher depending on whether you're a creator, whether you're a marketer, whether you want everything. There's something for everyone, so I would strongly encourage you to check out the conference, look at the agenda, look at the ticketing options, and then make the decision, invest in yourself. Check it out, socialmediaworld18.com, socialmediaworld18.com. And now for today's interview with Sean Cannell. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by Sean Cannell. And if you don't know who he is, he is a YouTube expert who specializes in video influencers, video equipment, and video marketing. He creates videos for multiple channels that each have over 200,000 subscribers. His course is called Video Ranking Academy, and I'm super excited, Sean, to welcome you to the show. How are you doing today? Michael, I'm doing phenomenal. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I am pumped to be talking to you. Awesome. Well, today you and I are going to explore how to rank videos on YouTube. But before we do, would love to hear your backstory. How did you how did you get to YouTube? Start wherever you want to start. Absolutely. Well, I actually started with video before really YouTube and even social media um, started. And I was actually volunteering in my local church in an hour north of um, Seattle, Washington. And the youth pastor one day handed me a video camera and some um, mini DV tapes. So we used to shoot not even on SD cards. We would shoot on actual tapes. Wow. And those original videos were terrible, Michael. I hope you and nobody in your community ever sees them. But I always like to say that your first videos of course, are always going to be your worst videos. And what was nice was the youth pastor had me doing these video announcements, but they were weekly. So that meant that first year, 2003, I did 52 videos. Then wow. eventually the lead pastor at the church was like, these aren't too bad. Let's do them on Sundays. So now I'm doing 104 videos a year and YouTube hadn't even started yet. And then the first YouTube channel I ever managed was actually my church's YouTube channel in 2007. And I still didn't know what I was doing, but I was doing titles, thumbnails, videos, and it was really helping me learn how to create consistent content, how to con create consistent video content. And eventually I started a business um, from all that experience helping, whether it's wedding videos or doing commercials. And I also started working with a lot of YouTubers, coaches, authors, speakers, helping them leverage the power of YouTube. So I was doing kind of behind the scenes work, video production. And then after about 15 years of all the different aspects of YouTube and video, I kind of launched out doing what I'm doing now with sort of a personal brand, brand, helping people build their influence, income, and impact with online video and specifically YouTube. Why don't you share, uh, if you want to, one or two of the channels that you've got that, that might be of interest to our listeners? 
Absolutely. So number one is just my main personal channel. It's called Think Media. If you type in Think Media in YouTube search, you can find it. And that's the best tips and tools for building your influence with online video. Specifically, we really focus on the tools. So what are the cameras? What's the lighting? What are the microphones? Whether you just want to get better video or live streaming quality out of your smartphone, or if you want to really level up your video production, um, that's on Think Media. And then the other one's called Video Influencers, and that's a weekly interview show with video influencers, YouTubers, but anybody could be Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. If anybody's using video, we bring on those experts to um, our weekly show to share their best advice. How many videos do you think you have uh, published or been somehow responsible for on YouTube up to this date? Easily over 2,000. And and so that's quite a few videos, whether that's just myself or I was responsible for uploading. I was on the other side of uploading those videos. So I've seen a lot of data by observing all those videos. Perfect. That, that's a perfect setup for um, my next question, which is when it comes to videos, help us understand from YouTube's perspective what you believe they're looking for, you know, um, because obviously they've got an algorithm, right? And they've got technology that's analyzing things. So help us kind of put ourselves in the position of YouTube to better understand what they're looking for when it comes to our videos. I love it. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things and kind of one of the big misconceptions by most people is when they think of video content, they think of a YouTube video, they think, you know what? I think the most important thing is the views. If I look at a video, if it has a million views, wow, that is such an amazing video. Or if it has 10,000 views, and YouTube actually made a change a few years ago, though, where views was no longer their number one performing metric as to whether or not a video was effective or not. They actually changed it to minutes. And the phrase I like to say is minutes matter most. And mm. the reason why is because if you think about it, if a video gets a view, but maybe it was deceptive, it was clickbait, it just gets one or two seconds of, of traffic, of view time, and then the person goes, well, hey, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be, and they leave. But if somebody commits to a video for even 60 seconds, well, one view could be worth 60 seconds, or it could be worth 120 seconds. So when you go into your YouTube analytics, you can see that right there in your creator studio, the top metric is minutes, the second is views, and the third is subscribers as far as the three numbers YouTube wants you to be thinking about. So you, so views matter, subscribers matter, but what YouTube's most concerned with is that viewer session, the amount of minutes watched. And there's two dimensions to that. The first is YouTube really wants people to be watching content on your channel, of course. So if, if you can get a lot of minutes, if, if you upload a 10 minute video and someone watches seven minutes, that's great. But the other thing that YouTube is actually measuring is also time on platform. And so if you start traffic, if you start a viewer session, let's say you send an email to your email list and you get people watching videos and maybe they spend five minutes with you, but then they spend an hour on the platform, a portion of that is being credited to you as well. And this all goes to just kind of a simple idea that just like any social network or platform, they want people there longer. They want to be able to tell advertisers, show other people, look, people don't just watch three minute cat videos on this channel. They are, they are consuming substantial content. So if you can create creative, compelling, attention grabbing and keeping content, YouTube will reward you. Fascinating. So because because I think so many people think of YouTube like us that are a little bit older think of our, you know, cable or satellite box, right? Or even Netflix, right? Which is like, you're going to, the hope is that they discover your content and then as a result, continue to consume other content. So they really want to 
show videos that pattern the viewer into staying on YouTube to watch other videos, whether they're yours or not. Is that what I hear you saying? Absolutely. And this totally influences what one uh, thing that everybody listening can do is pay attention on the YouTube app on your phone or even desktop. What videos are they showing you on the homepage? What videos are they showing you in the subscription feed? Of course, they're doing their best to try to get you to consume and watch more content. And of course, this is why things like thumbnails matter and why titles matter, but also why just creating consistent content matters. But one trend YouTube's recently recently been doing is actually promoting a lot of older videos. So where new content is powerful, most of my YouTube subscription feed is not necessarily videos this week or even this month, but they could be a few months old or even years old, but they're old classics, which kind of takes us to another place in this conversation, and that is YouTube is much more of a content library than it is a right now social network, where Facebook it's a newsfeed. It's here and then it's gone. YouTube has so much value for, if you will, evergreen content and really quality pieces of content that people will watch, not just when you release them, not just when you promote them on your other social uh, networks to drive traffic, but ultimately for weeks, months, or even years to come. And that's what we like to call kind of ranking videos. Well, that's perfect. Let's talk about that. How do we rank videos? And I'm assuming when we say rank, we mean, how do we increase the likelihood that our videos show up in search or show up in like uh, recommend recommended lists? Is that right? Absolutely. And the overlap of principles is similar because the two biggest traffic sources on YouTube, number one is actually suggested videos. That mm. means that the, where the most traffic comes from is when you see bar uh, videos on the right side, the right sidebar, or if a video ends, some videos pop up and those are recommended. And that's like the engine, the machine that is driving this continued viewer session for people. The second largest traffic source is search. So number one is suggested. Number two is search. And that's, of course, if someone types in some sort of an inquiry in the search box, hopefully your video is in the top one, two, three um, places or even on that first page. That is a valuable place to be. The same as it would be on Google, right? We know if, if your business is ranked on the first page of Google, that can make or break certain businesses. And YouTube has a lot of opportunity for ranking as well. And I'll tell you a story where I kind of first learned this. And as I was um, on that climb that I began in the, in, in the beginning doing all kinds of different video, um, when I started to experiment on my own channels, on my personal channel, it was right around 2010. And I just started a channel called My Name. And I started to learn about SEO, search engine optimization. I'm learning about YouTube. I'm learning about video. And I think, what if I just do a few experiments? And the other thing I was learning at the time was affiliate marketing, which uh, people in this community would know a lot about. And then, um, so what I did was I made a video called Gift Ideas for Him. And so just those four words, I sat down, I just rounded some things up from around the house um, that I actually already had. So I could just kind of do a review on it. And I believe to this day that video still ranks in the first four spots of YouTube. It's about five, six years old now. Every season during the holidays, it gets views. All year long, it gets views. But I only made it once, and yet people continue to watch it. So if you type in gift ideas for him, so a mom or a sister or whoever shopping for a guy in their life sees that video. And then in the video, I say, and hey, by the way, links to all the products I'm talking about are in the description of this YouTube video. I learned during that time, I was like, wait a minute, if I do a video like this and it ranks in search, not only do I get, like my friend Sonny says, views while you snooze. That's Would the that dream, be Sonny Leonard Doozy? 
That's Sonny Leonard Doozy. Yep, that's who I heard say it first. And, uh, and, and, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. But then you also could build income. And no matter what your business result is, whether you want to get leads, people signing up for an email list, whether you want to drive affiliate traffic, whether you have your own product, I just realized as people are typing in the search term, they find my video and, and then it can lead to some different business results. And that's originally how we actually went full time um, as entrepreneurs was actually just affiliate marketing in YouTube. We were ranking videos, doing affiliate marketing with Amazon Associates, and eventually that replaced all of our other income as we just continued to put out these strategic ranked videos that uh, were monetized on the back end. Okay, so you talked about titles, obviously, in this example. Is it all a titles game or is there more to it as far as ranking? So there's a couple things uh, that go to it. Probably one of the biggest tips that I have or would be one of the biggest mistakes that I see a lot of entrepreneurs make and social media marketers make in this particular area. And that is they shoot some content, they come up with ideas for content, they shoot some content, then they sit down to post that content online and think, okay, what should I title it? How can I optimize this best for search to show up and rank potentially? And in my opinion, that's a mistake. Our approach is actually to start, before you ever hit the record button, you start with research. And so before I press record on a camera, Michael, I already know my title and the tags for the video, as well as the content of the video. So if you will, what you want to do is reverse engineer the content to be as close as possible to the best answer for that search term. Did that make sense? Yeah, I think what I hear you saying is the same kind of stuff those of us that are bloggers might think about, right? Which is, which is, hey, um, we want to rank for a certain phrase on Google search. And we look at some of the best articles that are ranking on that and we try to make them better. Is that kind of what I hear you saying? Absolutely. You think, and, and and this makes a lot of sense. It's very clear in like the how-to space. If you were to say, you know, um, how to build a table and it was a woodworking channel, then the video content that answers that question, Google owning YouTube is only trying to do one thing. They are trying to serve up the best answer to that inquiry. They're asking what is the intent of the person searching? You know, they're trying to discern all those types of things. So if you can just put out quality content, there's another mistake that entrepreneurs make is they focus so much on production value. Everyone's number one question is what camera should I buy? Which is fine and production value is important. I have a YouTube channel about that, but content value is always infinitely more important than production value. Because what does the audience want? If they want to figure out how to plan their week better and you're trying to rank for a productivity term, if you give them some great value, some tips that are actionable, and they thumbs up the video and they leave a comment, those engagement signals, which by the way, those go into ranking as well. And so you get that engagement, then, then Google says, sure, I should absolutely rank this video and so many spots. I mean, there's a lot of there's not infinite real estate. Eventually, certain keywords are crowded, if you will. But there's a lot of real estate. I think about even friends and other tech YouTubers similar to me that a lot of us will be like, oh, they're a little higher on that term or I'm a little higher on this term and whatever it is. And there's so much opportunity. But the key is you want to put that good content on the other side of that search term. But to make that content as powerful as possible, before you ever press record, you want to plan and research out that content. And specifically, we are looking for keywords. And those are those key either individual words or phrases that we could discover in, say, Google Keyword Planner. But my favorite thing to do, Michael, is just go to the YouTube search bar, 
start typing and you know how it finishes your sentence for you. Right. And those predictions are what real people are actually searching in order of importance. So when you start typing in how to meal, it'll probably say how to meal prep low carb. And then there might be one though, but how to meal prep for muscle gain or one might be for weight loss. Those are important because again, what people should, shouldn't do is try to rank for how to meal prep. It's a little too general and there's so many, the intent could be all over the place, but the person who wants to gain muscle, that's actually very specific now versus lose weight, two totally different intents, but you'd be a lot better if somebody had a kind of a fitness YouTube channel, if they did how to meal prep for weight loss, now you can create a video that's perfectly matched to the intent of that search term, give some great information, give some best practices, and then here's the rapid fire ranking tips. Good content, you've researched it ahead of time, you've got that great keyword in your title, and you wanna make sure that that key phrase, that keyword is in your title, it's in your description, and it's in your tags, and you have related tags around it. Then, get that session time as we described. You want people watching that video, so we share it everywhere. There is about 19 different ranking factors, so we can't go into all of those, but the biggest are that watch time. People actually watching that good content. Second are those engagement factors, likes, comments, YouTube seeing that this is resonating with people. And then third, it's kind of like backlinks. When they see people are seeing other social network drive traffic. YouTube loves when you bring strangers, or maybe they're not strangers, but they weren't on YouTube. If you bring people who are off YouTube to YouTube, just like anybody would love it, just like Mark Zuckerberg loves it when you bring people to Facebook, YouTube loves it when you start sessions. Thus, those listening that have Twitter influence, Facebook influence, Instagram, email lists, leverage that traffic when you release a new video um, to to get those viewers onto YouTube, and those are all signals that matter for ranking your videos. And I'll, one last thing to consider too is that those first 24 hours matter most, and then the next seven days, and after that, it's pretty decided where that video is going to live, at least for the immediate future as it pertains to ranking. Couple things: um, Is YouTube smart enough to actually listen to the content spoken in the video? to confirm that the substance of the video matches the tags and stuff? So that is actually a great question and a great strategy. Number one, the answer I think it, without knowing for sure is yes, because YouTube does close caption your video with right. their best guess. And you can go in there and make tweaks to that and even improve it. And that's one of the fastest ways to caption your video because it gets better all the time. It's actually pretty good. Maybe there's only 5% that needs to be tweaked. However, as soon as you upload a proper closed captioning file, then you for sure have checked that box. And I'm so glad you brought that up because again, that goes through an important word for everybody listening to consider, and that is congruency. You want everything to be congruent from the beginning of the process to the end of the process. What do I mean? It means that the title is congruent with the tags, but it's also congruent with the content. If you have a video about how to boost your productivity and, and, and plan your day more effectively, maybe your product is an actual planner, but you never say the word planning or productivity in, in the video, of course, Google is going to find that odd. It would be likened back to days where maybe you tried to just say, Justin Bieber gets crazy in Seattle, but it was just a trick to get people on your video and you don't even actually, you don't actually have that content to back it up. So when you are also saying 
those keywords. When you ha- when you include those phrases, that's why it's nice to know your title ahead of time. And one thing you would notice if you watch some of my videos, if I know that um, uh, my video is about the best cheap LED lights um, for video, I might say, hey, here's the intro of the video. Are you looking for the best cheap LED lights for shooting videos? Well, in this video, I'm going to review three of my favorites coming up. That's so also so you'll be very it. careful about making sure you say that phrase exactly the same as the title. Is that what I hear you saying? And I would say um, yes. And then, maybe, and then maybe, var- maybe variations as you go through the video or something like exactly, that? Exactly. Variations. And that's, you know, Google is, uh, we passed those days in SEO where you needed to be literal. Of course, what they're looking at more, again, is the they're, they're sort of evaluating it all. So I know even for bloggers, if they saw too many literal word for word keywords stuffed in a blog post, that was actually a red flag. Right. So I'm less worried about actually the literal, but I want to, I want all of those words as you should be saying the exact words. If you really want to stack value around a topic, you could be talking about, you know, the three biggest mistakes people make with cryptocurrency. Well, there you're, in, you're including the word. If you say that you might say cryptocurrency, you might say crypto, you might say Bitcoin and all of those things would come out naturally, but 100% I'm intentional about every detail. And it goes back to congruency. You want your content, the things that you say, I think about what people even see. That means that if someone types in a title, not only do they hear me saying the thing they're searching for, but maybe they see it. Maybe you show them the final product and then you say in this video, this is the result we're gonna have by the end of the video and stick around because now it's a tutorial that's gonna show you how to get there. But thinking through start to finish of the whole process is pretty critical when it comes to ranking videos. Um, One of the things you mentioned earlier that the most important factor for YouTube is the amount of time someone spends on the platform. And I know that before, when we were prepping for this interview, you talked about a strategy called your cluster strategy that I think can help people to watch more videos. Can you kind of explain what it is and, and, and why it works? Absolutely. And so um, that's probably one of my favorite things. And, and definitely for this next year, it's what I'm focusing on, on a lot of our content. And it's essentially this, creating clusters of related content that can link together and promote each other directly and then hopefully indirectly being that if it's done well, you're going to show up in your own suggested videos, your own related videos, as well as other people's videos. So what would that mean? Well, in a cluster strategy, no longer would it be thinking about creating one video around one topic on your YouTube channel and then completely changing topics and moving to a new area. So let's say you had a business YouTube channel. You could create a video about productivity one week, but on the next week you could talk about how to save money on your taxes. You could go in a whole different direction. What I'm recommending and doing myself personally is creating clusters of videos that all are related And before I hit record on any of them, it goes back into kind of pre-planning. I think through what are four or even 10 videos that could all be related. But as I go through this series, I will do certain things. I'll say things like mid-video, I might say. And and actually, if you didn't see where we shared that tip, uh, we actually did it in an earlier video. I'll link to that on the YouTube card as well as in the description below. And that's a feature that YouTube gives you that allows you to have clickable links that come out that work on mobile and desktop. Real quick um, on the card, does that only show up at the end of the video? It can show up mid-video. The cards can show up mid-video. The second feature is end cards, very similar named. It's YouTube cards and then end cards. End cards can only show up during the last 20 seconds. 
and how we might have. Uh, so here's an even a very literal practical example. We're in the holidays right now. And so I did a video that was like tech gift ideas for the holidays as I am a tech YouTuber on my channel. Instead of just doing one of those, we did four and we released them once a week over about four weeks. And throughout those videos, even during those videos, if I mention one maybe tech gift idea, but I have a full length video about it, I might say, and actually we did a full review about this. I'll link it up on the YouTube card as well as posted in the YouTube description below. When those videos end, I'll say, um, so thanks for checking out this video. Subscribe for more videos just like this. And if you want to see other videos in our tech gift guide series, just click or tap the screen right here. And if you could see me, I'd be pointing to where that would be on the screen. Or if you want to see another video from Think Media, just click or tap the screen right there. And those are now clickable videos at the end. Here's the, the thesis of that. You want to create this session, and here's the great keyword for everybody. It, next year, if there was one thing you'd want to focus on on YouTube, it'd be this. Create bingeable content. You want your YouTube uh, content and strategy to be like that, that maybe all of us have fallen into in one time or another, to fall into that yeah, bingeable like loop binge stuff. Yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And if you can, can and, and what we've been seeing in our comments or we've been getting feedback is someone's like, I discovered one of your videos, but then I just, I, I fell into a rabbit hole. And so a good example would be, again, I help people create video content, the best tools for shooting online video. So you might, you might start with, okay, so what's the best camera? But then after that you think, okay, well, what microphone should I need? But what you don't want to do is put all of those into one video. That could be maybe a good comprehensive video, but when you cluster those, cluster those and break them down into different parts, then they're just the logical uh, step that people could go to next. Well, now I know how to shoot video, but what are the tips? That's why the channel also covers the best tips and tools. Well, how do you actually get views? Well, how do you light your scene better? Well, what's the best audio? Well, what's the best camera? Well, how do you actually set up your YouTube channel? Well, how do you design a cover art? And so in my niche, and I know everybody listening, they have the same expertise. They know their domain. They know their niche. Break your topics down into more bite-sized, digestible. They can even be comprehensive, but one topic, and here's a power phrase, one keyword, one video. There's a lot of power there. Rather than trying to do four things with a video, do one thing with one video that just directly addresses that exact pain point, search phrase, search term that the person's looking for. So a good video could be best equipment for YouTube broad though. So many different entry points, so many different intents. Maybe someone wants to vlog. Well, maybe somebody wants it to be professional or maybe they only have a smartphone. So many different ways. But if you do best iPhone microphone, now we're getting much more specific and you can address that one thing. But also when you create a cluster of videos, there are also multiple different entry points into the entire cluster or circle, if you will. Right. So someday the person might be looking for a microphone, but then through related and suggested, they, they start seeing those other terms. So we can see all the data of this in the back end, and I continually will study our suggested traffic, which video leads to other videos. And we get a lot of traffic from other people's content. But we also get a lot of traffic from our own content. And that's not true for every channel because doing things like including, you know, creating clusters of videos, integrating them with playlists, YouTube playlists is a great way not just to organize content for your audience, but it organizes the content for the machine. 
and the machine understands that content and you can um, have a better chance of showing up in your own suggested videos, other people's, because it's relating that cluster of videos together. And there's just so many benefits. And so is that making sense? Totally. And you know what? I smiled big when you said create binge content because I'm actually creating binge content for our episodic documentary called The Journey, journey journey.show, to get to the URL. And what we do is every week when a new episode of The Journey comes out, and for those that don't know what it is, it's just like a behind the scenes documentary of how we do what we do. It always says to be continued at the end of the episode. And then when the next week's episode comes back, we go to the we go back to the last week's episode, we add an end card on there. And that way people and we also put it in a playlist. So we get lots of messages from people saying, I just binge watched 10 episodes of your show. And I'm beginning to love that because that's exactly what I want them to do because these shows are designed to be literally, you know, like a big story that you could watch all together. So I'm excited that I seem to be doing the right thing. <laughs> now, 100%. I, I love that. I, I do have a question for you about this. Uh, a while back, you said the first 24 hours and then the next seven days matter. Um, help us understand why that's so important. Well, when it comes to ranking, and we could even just dip into YouTube Live and some of the opportunity uh, there as well, but when it comes to ranking, you can use tools to see where your uh, keywords rank. It could be vidIQ, it could be TubeBuddy. Those are just a couple recommendations. The free versions of those will get you all the uh, data you need. But you can see what tags your video ranks for. And so some of the things that... um, YouTube will do is you'll actually notice during the first 24 hours, it actually might be kind of volatile. You'll say like, man, it seems like it's all over the place because it is. YouTube is sort of testing your video. It's it's letting it, you know, maybe spend a few seconds or a few minutes in a certain market or on a certain number of users' computers to see what the click-through rate is. That goes back into the importance of the thumbnail and the importance of the title because if it is triggering, attracting clicks, even before people watching it or not, YouTube goes, okay, we want people to be clicking. We want them to be taking action. It leaps off the page. It gets their attention. So the click-through rate, all those things, it's measuring that and it's trying to determine, again, where it's going to rank in the immediate and in the short term. And so it's that first 24 hours and then in the longer term as well. So it's that first 24 hours where I found the majority of ranking and even for talking to some of my friends like Daryl Eves, um, who has like the real hard data on all this stuff, um, and Tim Schmoyer. So those, yeah, it's that first 24 hours where YouTube's really kind of initially figuring out probably 80% of where your video is going to rank. But then over the next seven days, it's wondering, are you still driving traffic? Are you still, um, getting engagement? And so, well, what does that mean for us? Like what's the action item? So for us, it means when we have it, when we release a video, we have a system. You know, we want to get as much traffic in the first 24 hours, whether that is let your list know, send an email, whether that's post on social, not just once, maybe a morning, noon, and night, you know, if it's Twitter and you can afford to post, post more there. At times, it's even using some paid traffic to get a little bit of a boost there on that first day because once a video ranks, right, it, it can give you traffic for literally weeks, months, or even years to come. We have hundreds of rank videos that actually give us a base of about 1,800 to 2,000 views every 60 minutes on our YouTube channel right now. That's just one of our YouTube channels because of rank videos. So it's totally worth it to put in as much hustle as possible. But then after even that first 24 hours, we still might post uh, a few social media posts throughout that week, re-engage a few times. YouTube just added the community tab. And so that's even a way to um, promote a video. Hey, did you miss the video earlier this week? You can link to it right there. 
the punchline is definitely how can you drive as much traffic and create as much engagement. One example on engagement, every time you answer a comment on YouTube, YouTube, if you look at the number of comments, it counts your reply. So if you got 50 comments and you reply to all of them, now you have 100 comments. I've watched before my eyes the ranking change after I just get done, I just block some time, wow. I reply to every comment, and then it doubled the engagement on that video. And if somebody else isn't doing it, you always consider these things. If all else is equal, of course not everything else is equal, but maybe your competitor, somebody else you're going against, if everything else is equal, but you got 100 comments and they got 50, your video would outrank theirs if all else was equal. So I like to think there's so much leverage created. It's changed my life. It's changed our business. It's, I mean, it's our traffic is just off the charts because of really figuring out how to rank videos. And, but we put the work in. And it's totally worth it to put as much hustle as you need to, right, for 24 hours if you can get a video that's going to give you traffic and potentially generate revenue or whatever your business objectives are for the next, you know, 24 months. Right. Um, it's worth it to put in whatever it takes. So, Sean, I know that uh, you're going to be coming this year to Social Media Marketing World to speak for the first time, specifically on YouTube Live. And you kind of hinted a little bit about YouTube Live. Just give us a quick couple of minutes on why YouTube Live is so important. Yes. Yeah, so... One of the reasons I love YouTube Live is the same for the same reason I love YouTube is that is YouTube is a search engine. It's the second largest search engine in the world. And we also love the other social networks. So we use Facebook Live. I try to go on weekly once usually on Facebook Live and once on YouTube. Here's the big difference. Facebook, again, is going to serve your audience for especially when you've released that video. Maybe the next 24 hours, a few more people are going to get that distribution in their news feed. And, but it's going to be a broadcast that probably doesn't have a lot of value two or three weeks from now. And it's a, it's a little more here and gone. It's a little more real time content. YouTube again is a content library. So the way I do YouTube live is number one, I also think about what's the evergreen value of this video. I don't on Facebook, I'll greet people, I'll hang out, I'll go longer in Q and a, I'll spend a little more time being relational. On YouTube, I want to get to the point. My uh, friend and mentor, Shalene Johnson, says, be brief, be bright, be fun, and be done. I and like that. So <laughs> I love that, yeah. And, and, and so on YouTube, but one example, and we have a video that's been in our top 10 for maybe almost a year now, and it actually is how to set up your YouTube channel. It's about 30 minutes. It's a more or less a webinar. It's like a slide deck. So I have PowerPoint slides and I sh share my screen and show step-by-step -step how to do it. Well, that video ranks in search. So it was a live stream, but essentially it was basically like recording a real-time webinar and then putting that up on YouTube. Well, that video is getting hundreds, I think even thousands of views a month as a live stream that again is literally months old. Why? Because it ranks in search, but it was, um, tailored to do so. So I get right to the point. I, I, I cast vision like what's coming up. I'm like, it's going to be about 25 minutes. It's a little bit of a deeper dive video. Here's what to expect. Because if you've ever been on a live stream, and this is where I think on YouTube, it's a different approach. If you get on there and you're wondering why at minute five, they're still just kind of shooting the breeze and minute seven, you're not sure what the value proposition of it is yet. Minute 10, it kind of gets into some content that replay, it maybe was great live because you were hanging out. You're just hanging with people. You're hearing them. You're like watching a show, maybe a little more like a podcast or radio show. But I'm thinking, no, I'm more concerned with the replay. I'm actually more concerned on YouTube live with the replay value than actually with the live stream value. And one thing we've measured is with those tools, we will rank even number one 
for the entirety of the live, even if it doesn't rank later, because YouTube is favoring live. So obviously that could be subject wow, subjective, that's but I would cool. challenge everybody listening if you can install either TubeBuddy or vidIQ, you can see which keywords you rank for, which tags. And so we'll go live and we rank for all of them. Now, maybe that's only for the 30 minutes or the 60 minutes during it. But um, sometimes when we go live on mobile, you close it down after and it says, this is how many minutes were watched. And it says, this is how many new subscribers you have. Now that could have come from sharing, but that also comes from that ranking distribution that we got. So on our channel, Video Influencers, we'll do it over and over and over again. It might be a highly competitive term in our niche. The video ends up not ranking evergreen, but it's an audience builder in the short term. And here's the key. Before we hit go live, we already know the title and the tags. The video is optimized, Michael, before we go live. That's a big difference. I don't know a lot of people that are doing it, and that's a huge power tip and takeaway. Again, Facebook Live's different. Throw a title on there, hit live, start to greet everybody. Right. YouTube, it's almost like I've planned every single step before I even press live, but that's also because it's almost like recording real-time videos is another way to look at it. And sure, we address the live audience, but it's that replay value that can change the game for your brand and business if you do it right. Awesome. Sean, thank you, first of all, so much for sharing all your awesome wisdom and insight. Why don't you tell everyone where they can discover about more about you, your courses, and whatever else you got going on? Oh, absolutely. So, um, yeah, we do have a course you mentioned. It was Video Ranking Academy, and that's where we break down. You know, I'll give you the seven R's really quick because um, here's the process to think through. You want to start with the end in mind. Number one is reverse engineer. Number two, so reverse engineer, what do you even want to accomplish? Get some leads, get sales, grow your audience, deepen your community. Reverse engineer. Number two, research. Research before you record. Research those keywords. Plan out your video. Get it going. Then hit record. And we go through, you know, talking about what to say. Then you talk about release it. How do you get the title right, the description right, the tags right? That's to release it, optimize it. Then we talk about ranking, 101, 201, 401, all the uh, ranking tips. Then revenue, how do you monetize YouTube? And maybe you already have a business model, maybe you don't. And then repeat the process. How do you repeat that and accelerate it so that it doesn't have to take over your whole life? We have businesses, we have things to run. So those are the seven R's of Video Ranking Academy. But if actually, if anybody wants to check out just some um, a, a free training that we have about that. It's an hour of content. It's at two masterclass. It's a webinar and it's on replay right now. And it goes through, you could just watch over my shoulder, ranking some videos in real time, a lot more deep dive than we even talked about here. But that's entirely free. Video Ranking Academy is at the end. But either way, everybody listening. Wait, how, do you, that how do you get to that video? So that's at tubemasterclass.com, T-U-B-E masterclass.com uh, to get to that one. Awesome. And if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get to you? Yeah. So uh, if you want to check out the YouTube channels, just type Think Media in YouTube, the word Think and the word Media or Video Influencers. Those are both YouTube channels. And then I'm Sean Cannell on Twitter, S-E-A-N-C-A-N-N-E-L-L. -L, and I'm pretty active on Twitter. I'd love to do Q&A and jam with people and connect with people there. Awesome. Sean Cannell, thank you so much for coming on today's show and sharing your wisdom with us. Michael, thanks so much for having me. Totally love everything you're doing, everything you've built, your legacy. It's super inspiring, and I'm just super grateful to be a part of it. Well, I hope you found value in today's interview. Sean really knows what he's talking about. If there was anything we mentioned and you didn't catch it, we take all the notes. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 285. Also, hit the subscribe button. Never miss a future episode of this podcast. Lastly, Social Media Marketing World 2018. 
Tickets start at only $297. Make the investment. Come meet me in person in San Diego. Socialmediaworld18.com. Socialmediaworld18.com. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your fast-talking host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.